0: In Laos, a group of new believers in Jesus faced persecution and arrest, but they stood firm and wouldn't renounce their faith. Pastor Mele led this congregation, and this is what he told them.
1: I was so thrilled. I encouraged them so much. I told them, if you can pass this testing point in your faith, God will have a plan greater, unimaginable than what we remember. He will, have a special place for them to worship, where authorities cannot, you know, threaten them, persecute them. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help. Right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for being with us this week. On this episode, you're going to get to know some of your fellow believers in Jesus. I recorded this conversation on the road in Southeast Asia. And for the security of our guest, we're just going to call him Pastor Mele. You'll hear some of his voice, but mostly you'll hear the voice of his translator. Pastor Mele grew up learning about ancestor worship in the communist country of Laos, and I asked him how he came to faith in Christ.
2: I Christ in 2003. So I was still afraid
1: of spirits. I still believe in the spirits because our ancestors believe in stuff. So, so I heard the gospel from a friend, a high school friend, mm. the only believer in the whole school. He is a pastor's son. And so he would try to evangelize, but mm. no one would care. they would be afraid because of the spirits. So I still had spirits bothering me, and he decided to pray for me, and I decided to accept <clears> Christ, and the spirits didn't bother me. And then that's when I saw, wow, mm. this, is, this is the gospel, and... I was about 13 at the time and then when i accepted christ i felt burden burden to share and so i went around evangelism and started sharing with seven Hmong christians the gospel and so one of the monk students her mom was a bit ill sick so for some reason just being my age probably i took them all in the field in public and started praying for them the teacher came and said you cannot do this where did you learn about this religion you cannot do this because this is a government funded school. That is a foreign religion. We do not allow this. So, if you keep doing this, you will have to sign a piece of paper to renounce your faith. Then you could continue to study at this
0: school. So, how long was this after you came to faith? Months or weeks? It was about two months. Two months. Right months after I accepted mean, Christ, wow. I already faced
2: something. Instead of
1: discouraging, he actually encouraged me. Because and it's in the book of 2 Timothy 3.12. 312. Yeah. It really spoke who to me. All desire
0: to live a godly life in Christ will endure mm. persecution. So he saw that and he said, whoa, this is true. Like and he, said, said he felt it was normal. Yeah. So you really took that as a sign that you were on the right track, that the Bible says this, it's happening to me, so I'm I'm on the right track. So that proves... It's real. Because I don't yeah. even know the Bible that well. Did you get a Bible from your friend that led you to Christ? Is, is that how you got your first Bible? So my high school friend... Gave me the Bible mm-hmm. the first time.
1: Encourage me to read the Bible. This is how you read it. This is These are some verses that could encourage you.
2: Yeah, wow. So when I was
1: from grade 9 to grade 12, there was nothing wrong with me in terms of my character attitude. That's how I got to become the classroom uh, representative. The only thing for me was just my faith. But, and even if they let me go from school, there was nothing to find fault in me. So they kept giving me a hard time every year. But my classrooms thank the Lord that my classmates loved me and cared for me so that's how I endured also Mm. and I thank the Lord because I have influence as a class because I was responsible for the food rations from the government Mm. (laughs) to the students Ah. so they were going to let me go who was going to organize all this stuff (laughs) and I was good I was honest and they always kept accusing me are you getting anything from the foreigners for believing this religion is there any Mm. under the table for for me no I believe in Jesus because he's the true God The only fault they have with me was I was a Christian. That was the only thing, believing in this foreign religion. If you can stop this faith, we will send you to a good university after you graduate from high school. But they didn't ever sponsor me to go to a better university. You know, they promised me good food, good this. They will take care of all my schooling if I just stop this faith. But I said, it's God's plan if he will take care of me.
0: And... As far as like the, the opportunity for a university, and it, it was very, very clear, you renounce Christ, we'll send you to university, you'll get a good education. You don't. You won't. Like like there wasn't any like code or anything. It was like lay it out on 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 the table. Yes, that, uh, that's what they said to no, me. That's what no, they,
1: just, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was straight out there for yeah. me. You, you you take your. I will have to take
0: my pick on which
1: direction I will take.
2: So yeah, one so of, the of the key things, to things to that
1: that they really offered, they said that you know when you graduate from this high school, you have to put your religion. Either you put Buddhist or Spiritism, that's okay. But if you put Christianity you will not be able to further because as a government school we have the influence
0: for your path for a free ride to any good university in you know. Laos Was it ever a temptation to renounce your faith and take take all these opportunities? Well, no, 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 I was
1: so straight focused on my soul, my salvation because I need to be with the Lord nothing is ever solid or permanent in this earth even my rules the future but my salvation has to be Christ. That's what's firm and solid. They did put up the temptation because my my, my mom is a widow. You you're know?
0: responsible to take care of your yeah. mom.
1: I thought that I should go steady high to take care of my mom. So I did have that thought. If you want to talk about temptation, but it mm-hmm. never really yeah. So because they kept enticing offers for yeah. me when I graduated from high school, they actually sat me and last time I said, "Are you sure you won't? You know, listen to One us. One more chance. Yes, <laughs> last chance." Okay, he said, no, I know God. This is the God that knows me. And he said, we will lower your you know, GPA, equivalent of GPA. Mm-hmm. He said, go for it, no problem. You won't get your certificate you know, for a government school to study. You, you won't get your, your... Like your high school diploma, we're not going to give it to you. It really spoke volumes to me because this is a real school that's government-supported because it's really for poor ethnic people with, with widow, orphan, poverty. If you, there's an excellent student, they want you to... Right, they advance. want you to advance. Right, exactly. Right. It but makes them look good right. for
0: having... Right, you're in the party. Yeah. So when um, I got my
1: final report card, I went to my mother. And my mother said, I heard you got excellent grades. But when I see your report card, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Lord that during my time of faith, I led my mom, my younger sister, my other relatives... So when they heard about the situation, they understood. They understood. At there was the no rebuke. Yeah. There was no. They understood as a family of Christ. During that time of prayer, I was still serving at my local church, and then I heard of more leaders coming in, and I saw you know you meet know, the leaders. They came and spoke to the church, and they spoke with loving care for the people. And I was like, wow, this looks cool. This looks great. And they know the Bible the way they flip, the way they open. I want to be like that. Dude. If I have the opportunity to study the Bible like them, mm-hmm. I will commit my life to serve the Lord. They were interviewing students for Bible college. For Bible college. And so when I went to go visit them, I was a bit discouraged because they were only having two people, but three, four people were already applying. <laughs> and what really got to me was they said, Oh, you don't really have a basic foundation yet with the Bible in terms of serving the church yet or this and that. I don't know, I don't care. I just want to study the Bible, and if I can study the Bible, I will commit my life to Christ. When they gathered the mm-hmm. committee together to approve, they saw the passion. They saw the commitment. Mm-hmm. That's how that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they talked to interview me, they said, you know, when you go study the Bible, don't think it's all lovey-dovey after you graduate. You're not sure support. You know, you know we're in a type of country we are in situation. We don't know what the future holds. We don't guarantee. We just trust your faith. And we don't even have a budget for a passport. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I went to go get hired part-time doing construction. So every time when I was screwing up cement, I said, I, I have to make it. I have to make it to go study the Bible, a passport. You know. But when I walked into the classroom, you know what really motivated was everybody's got two eyes. Everybody's got a nose. Everybody's got an ear. If they can study, I can do it too. So thank the Lord that I was able to get 3.8, 3.9 LA's. During a time when I was in Bible school, I was dating long distance with a a lady about my age, Mm -hmm. but she graduated and went to to police academy and became a police officer. I knew that was not gonna work out. (laughs) There was one certain point where I knew I had to cut off the relationship was when I went back to my village during school break and we met up and it was late at night and she wanted me to ride her home on the motorbike and she started touching me. And I said, no, 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 this I'm a believer, I'm a young man, I can't, this is not right, I have to wait for my marriage. And that's when I decided to cut it off right there, (laughs) because I asked, what would Jesus do?
0: You're listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. Our guest this week is a bold believer from Laos. To protect his security, we're just calling him Brother Mele, and we recorded this interview on the road through an interpreter. So, hard. how I went.
1: My wife was in Bible school, third year, junior. She's next to me, serving the ministry till today.
0: How How long have you been married? I married in two thousand fourteen. Nine, nine years. About nine years. And any children yet?
1: I have three children. Three children.
0: Congratulations. How long is the Bible school process? B. The process is four years. Four years. And then you go back to Laos. And what was your? Were you the pastor of one church or like a group of churches you kind of oversaw? What was your ministry like once you went back to Laos? So, when I went
1: back after graduating from Bible school, I went back to my local church in the village and I was appointed as the assistant pastor and the youth representative. So, but the senior pastor gave me empowered me to do many things to have cell group meetings, to have discipleship. So I was really empowered to do my role. When I graduated, I had to think of how to support myself. One of my goals is to uh, have a pineapple plantation farm Mm. in a small truck to go around, evangelize, and then sell pineapples, Ah. which which I am doing today. Mm. I did that when I was at my local village before I moved to another ministry. The
0: church, The first church that you went back to, how many families were in the church? 47
1: families. 47 families.
0: And at that point, how often would you have... The police question you, or the village leaders question Mm. you, or how often would it happen that you would get pushback?
1: I'm blessed, fortunate in my village there's no persecution because it's Mm. it's been generational of Christians already. So there's an understanding, and there's a church there already, recognized.
0: Mm. So as long as you stay in your village and you stay within the church families, no no problem. Yes. Uh, If I stay in my local area,
1: serve there, no problem. If I go out, I I have a problem.
0: Okay. So, how soon did you start going out? (laughs) After I
1: graduated, I went Uh, right away. I remember when I first graduated from Bible school, I went, Christmas celebration is a big thing in Laos. Mm. I was invited to speak at 18 places. And I
2: loved
1: to evangelize. I love to lead people
2: to Christ and start a
1: sister church. One of the certain times in my life, that influenced my ministry today with the Bright People Group in the province where I met was when visiting a house church of a certain pastor and saw he shepherding another people group that wasn't the Kamu. So that woke me up a lot because it was strange, you know, usually with the Kamu work with the Kamu. So it was like really strange to me how he would still have the heart for another people group despite him being Kamu.
0: Kind of a missionary, a missionary heart to go across that. Tribal line.
1: I was going to go to my father-in-law's house, but there's this one house church I have to stop by to visit, to, you know, to take a rest, and I know the pastor. And so when I went to that house village church, they invited me to speak because they, they knew that I know the Bible. And so I was invited to the church, the conference. There was about almost 90 to 100 bright people waiting for me to speak, and that really excited me and gave me passion and energy to share to this people group. As I was ready to go speak, the police came and sat with me, three officers. (laughs) And they said, this is a weird day today. There is a lot of people here. They took out the consensus paper and said, officially, there's only three Christian families here. How come this church is full? I see like 90 people here. Mm. What is going on here? When I took the consensus paper to look at it, I said, yeah, it's true. It's only three families. But when I started asking everybody... They said we've been Christian three, four months, but we just never took the time to go get officially registered. And the police mm-hmm. said, whoever is not on this list, leave. You're not officially recognized, or you will get in trouble. But everybody accepted Christ, but
0: just not fully registered. So what is what is the process for someone if like they're Buddhist and then they come to Christ what is the process to get registered?
2: You have to get permission from the head of the village. And then but once he gets say, that I,
1: signature I, stamp, I, you send it to the LEC, and they'll give you a document. So the
0: LEC is the official church? The evangelical church. There. Okay. So the key thing is to get on the head of the village. So. Uh, these families, the 21 Christian families are detained right now, or they were recently just... February 15th. February 15th. Mm-hmm. The head of the village told the 21 people that, You
1: will be detained if you keep following this foreign religion. Ah, Okay. That's when I hurry up and try to run to get the legalized paper before the head of the Before they actually detained. detained. But unfortunately they got detained before I got the paper. When the twenty one people got seized in the room, some people got started getting sick. So they just well be done with it, I'll renounce my faith. When I went the police came to talk to me I said, who are you? What are you doing here to me? What relationship you have with them? Why do you care about them? They have nothing to do with you. This is our business, their problem, not your problem. Get lost. This is not your people group.
0: They are pray. You are Kamu. There's 21 people detained. 15 of them renounce their faith and and go. The six people who stayed were all of these people pretty new in faith, like. Within weeks, or how how long had they been so, in faith? End of November, 2022. Mm. Uh, so about three months, three two months, months, two months, months really. Mm. So as a leader and as a pastor, how did you feel about the 15 who renounced mm. their faith? Deep down, I feel
1: very sad by it. It affected me quite a bit. But I understand the situation because some were old. Elderly, they need to eat on time. Some of them had ulcer mm. problems. Some were kids who were 10 or 11, 12, put them in an unfamiliar space with police. Mm-hmm. It's just scary for them. I understood.
0: What about the six who didn't renounce their faith? What was your feelings as, as a pastor and as a leader to them? How did, how, did they, how did you feel about them? I
2: was so thrilled. I encouraged
1: them so much. I told them, if you can pass this testing point in your faith, God will have a plan, greater, unimaginable. That what we remember, um, he will have a special place for them to worship where authorities cannot, you know, threat them, persecute them.
0: How, how important is that, that, that first instance of persecution to stand strong in your faith and to get through that kind of first test, how important is that for a new believer?
2: I think it's very
1: important for this time in their in their challenging because I'm the one that led them to Christ I feel responsible. The police threat me all the time so they can stand firm if I'm not there that's already an accomplishment that's a big deal because the police said you will get arrested if you come again or keep coming like we're not joking. And plus, you have no relationship with them. So why are you coming?
0: The police cannot fathom how a Camus person and a Parai person have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't even make sense to them. They are just puzzled by this.
1: (laughs) God has a plan for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the Parai, low education, no social, economic, even poorer than the Camus people, they have no spiritual leadership, no shepherd that spoke to my heart to want to lead them to be the shepherd. Right now, I am one of the most watched person in the district because when I started this ministry with my father-in-law and my wife in that area, there was only two bright churches. Then as years passed by, four, six, ten, now
0: fourteen. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now the heat is coming to me. So how often do you have conversations with the police they come visit me the police officers twice a week twice a week Uh, and they come to your house
1: they they would come right to my well my father's house my house we're next to one another, so they will come because we have worship there and the police will come every sunday and and so
0: they come to the service like sit and watch yes
1: they would come they would come to church and read and see the names of the people and register if anybody from a different village, province comes
0: in, their name is registered, and they would go and threat that person to not come. So the, every time your church meets, the policemen are in the service? Yes. Every, every time? Week. Yeah. Every week. Uh, every lot. week.
1: Like being the guy that they, when they went, they threatened him, they said, hey, you renounce right now. If not, the next day, all your livestock, your cow's, chicken will get poisoned. Okay? We have tons of it here. We, it's not the first
0: time we did right. it. We'll wipe out your... Yeah. Your, your livelihood, exactly. basically.
1: Pray. To trust
0: of God. God will provide. I don't know how to help you, but mm. but God will take care of your livestock. Is it the same policeman each time, or are there different mm. policemen that come? Every, 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 every Sunday, yeah. there's always somebody coming in. Are there any of the police officers that you think are softening towards the gospel? No. no. Not yet.
1: The police officers are always brainwashed to think this is a tool of the CIA or the Americans that are going to corrupt the Laotian people mm-hmm. from, you know, from the World war and all that stuff. So there's no way that... I mean, as Their I'm hearts are say, hard. Yes, <laughs> hard. hard yeah. But the Lord can do anything.
0: Right. right. Amen. Recently you got detained because you got some Bibles and material? Yes, yes. This yeah. happened to me around November last mm-hmm. year. So that day,
1: my cell phone rang and it was the police. The police said, hey, we have to go. We have a search warrant for your house. They started rebuking me about these Bibles. Why you get this? Where did you get it from? I was very puzzled, how did they know? We're not this has never happened before.
0: And and the thing they were rebuking you about is you don't have permission to have the Bibles, they're not mm. legal. Mm. It's like a political uh, you're, you're taking
1: Bibles to down, um, here to give to Christians around the area illegally. Uh, you didn't get permission to distribute let the content in the MP3 is full of Christian messages, which we uh, do. and you will go to prison right away. My wife was with me at the station, so the guy interrogating me took out his handcuffs and put it on my other wrist. But thankfully, there's another police officer that that responsible for another type of a like, human trafficking mm-hmm. area department. Saw this and he said, oh, no, 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 you, you be careful with this. You know, I know this guy. He's a good guy. He didn't do anything wrong. So, so take it easy. Take it easy. He's not a convict. I know it's illegally, it's wrong, but not enough to put handcuffs. Mm-hmm. This is more like for drug addicts. He's not selling drugs. He's not beating up anybody or cheating or lying. Thank the Lord that I have a friend in the police station. We mm-hmm. used to play uh, futsal together. Mm-hmm. He actually called me and said, they're going to come
0: get you today to go to the police office. Don't drink anything they give you. Don't drink stuff. Wow. Are there times that you feel fearful? Like, like in that situation mm-hmm. when they're handcuffing you? Do you feel fearful? Yes. Yes, oh. I fear. So
1: they threaten me. We can arrest you anytime you want. We can take drugs and frame you and put you in the house and take a picture and you can go to prison.
0: How do you process that fear? What what do you do with that fear to be able to keep doing the ministry? The
2: Yes, as a human, you're fear,
1: but I trust the Lord to protect me and guide me. But I remember that, um, you know, the pride people will remember if something ever happens to me that I love them and care for them. You know, all all the materials that I do, so my life won't go to waste. At the end of the day, if I look at the bigger picture, you know, the pride Christians about three four hundred that I've led with my wife in ministry. But yes, I'm I'm more afraid for my. Wife and my three children, than for myself. Because I know where where I'm called to and where I will go, but it's just more of my three children and my wife that they're very concerned about me.
0: We are going to go back to America and we're going to talk to a lot of American Christians and share your story with them. How can they pray for you and how can they pray for God's work in Laos, God's people in Laos?
2: that it doesn't
1: come to the point that I will disappear from my family, just keep, keep me safe. Pray for the 14 bright churches that we started, that they can endure the persecution till the test of time, till the Lord comes.
0: If you missed any of our conversation with Pastor Mele from Laos, you can hear the entire interview at vomradio.net. That's our website, vomradio.net. He has encouraged all of us to stand firm when life is difficult. And if he and his congregation can remain faithful while facing persecution, we can be faithful, whatever the Lord calls us to do, whatever the circumstances are that God has placed us in. If you know someone who would be encouraged by this interview, you can send them a link when you visit our website, vomradio.net. You can also send them a link to the podcast stream. We're available on all the different podcast outlets. vomradio.net is also where you can get a copy of the free Voice of the Martyrs magazine and read more stories like this story of Pastor Mele that you heard this week on VOM Radio. Next week, we're gonna hear about unreached people groups And the good news that many of them are being reached with the gospel. In fact, even in the last five years, a number of unreached groups have been reached by the gospel. God's kingdom is advancing. We're going to hear more about that next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.